Welcome to Geordie Lass and Doc Sass. One day, a Geordie and a Canadian walk into a bar and decide to start a podcast about relationships and what a topic that is. No subjects are off limits. Get in touch today with us at geordielass.com or email info at geordielass.com and let us know what you think and what we should talk about. Welcome, welcome, welcome. We are delighted to have Anna back from her holiday. Yes, yes. Oh, I feel like it's such a party. Oh, how was it? Oh, it was beautiful. So we had a beautiful trip. We were going from New York City, where we live, uh, down to North Carolina. Nice. And it was just outrageous. The weather was beautiful. It was really, really hot. It was our first time to the South, me and my husband. As we talked about last week, we had this spontaneous plan where we weren't doing hotel bookings until we actually got there, till the night of. You are so brave. (laughs) Well, I knew we had a bit of a margin of error because there weren't any major events planned because this is COVID, but we were successful. We got some beautiful hotels and we, you know, there was a bit of a shift in our plans and the good thing is we could roll with them. So it was a real spontaneous, cohesive trip. And I think we certainly came out of it the other end more bonded you can check with him maybe he has another story maybe he's like god get me out of this car but I felt terrific we had so much fun and we did all the things that you're not allowed to do as kids so we would stop at convenience stores and get really unhealthy burgers and hot dogs and uh soft drinks and that sort of thing and no adult was going to tell us not to which was really great (laughs) love it (laughs) so we really enjoyed ourselves we were our we were like kids going around and doing really kind of irresponsible stuff nothing major but kind of irresponsible stuff and uh and loving it so i think we came away the better your inner child came out to play oh yeah and thankfully didn't crash the car (laughs) well that's always a bonus (laughs) exactly (laughs) well i have to say you're looking great on it you look fantastic. I feel, yeah, I feel really rested. You know, it's funny. There's there's one thing that I was I was thinking about, Sarah, and I wanted to share with you. We had some beautiful hotel experiences and really mm. really great check ins and stuff. And you know how I don't know if you remember this, but when you went on vacation with your man, you had a staycation. Yeah, we did. You go into a new hotel and you're thinking about you know spicing it up and that sort of thing. Don't you find it's a bit of mm, stage fright? Don't you find it stage fright? You're like, oh well, I think we should really maybe have some sexy times and so forth, but you're kind of in a new environment and you're like, well, who's going to start it? And you're like, hmm, I don't know. You kind of feel a little like, I don't know how to make the first move. And then it's wonderful. Does that resonate at all? Oh, no. Um, Stage fright? No, I'm always happy to dive in. Oh, oh, okay. So you're you're like a dive right in. I, I can get very uh, shy, weirdly. Yeah. Yeah. No, but I can I can understand what you're saying. And sometimes, like you say, you're in a new place, it's somewhere a bit different. And yeah, I can understand how you could feel that way. And there's an expectation too, when you're in a hotel. Actually, it's funny, I feel a lot of expectation. I don't know if other listeners feel that too. Especially if you're wanting to spice the relationship up. People say, you know, go on a date, have a date night, go stay in a hotel, etc. I think it's a wonderful idea. But I want to validate anybody who finds it a bit unnerving yeah that sometimes you got to dive in and I actually found that I kind of dived in and I sort of made the move and I was really happy to do so but I just found it a little you know yeah I was just a bit shy about it and I kind of I thought about our listeners in our podcast and I said yeah you know drop your inhibitions if you can and just go for it yeah I think expectations got a lot to answer for hasn't it really yes expectations are really hard in relationship yeah I think we can get caught up in creating the perfect 
the perfect night or the perfect date or the perfect stay and reality isn't like that we don't live in a instagram bubble <laughs> yes you know i think that's exactly it because we found ourselves in some really beautiful places and of course both of us are on Instagram and sometimes, you know, he, he posts something and I post something. And, and I was really aware that, you know, stay in the moment. Don't live for the folks who yeah. may be watching things on social media. Yeah. And don't get trapped by the constraint of thinking that you have to have a certain experience just because something was set up in a certain way or something is air quotes perfect. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Gosh, there's a lot in terms of reviving relationship or keeping relationship alive. There's a lot of things that we do. You mentioned your staycation and mm. we went for a beautiful road trip. It's very easy to get caught up in that pressure. And sometimes that the relationship can become even more stressed if you succumb to the pressure. But if you release yourself and just really be in the moment, in the desire for that person that you love, yeah. and if you can strip away all the other stuff and focus on each other, then it will be a, a relationship reviving experience. It will. In the words of my man, you're just spending time together. Oh, gosh, those are those are words to write in fancy script and put that up in a in a store for sale. <laughs> you're just spending time together. What just a wonderful way to just together. diffuse the pressure. Yeah, to let it all go. Nice. Oh, well, I am delighted to have you back, but I'm also delighted that you've had a lovely time away. Thank you. Well, I was excited to come back to this podcast. I feel like I'm bringing good energy. Oh, I'm definitely feeling some good vibes today. Good, yeah. <laughs> so tell me how your week has been. My week's been very good. I've had lots of good, successful wins. Mm. So small things, but made a big difference to me. So being able to get a page on the website with um, with our podcast on it. Oh, So just yes. being able to share more. Super excited. We're now on Spotify. So anybody Woo. who's a Spotify fan, you can now find us on there. Woo. So that's just delightful. Mm -hmm. And I've launched my relationship health check this week too. Okay, Sarah, tell us more. It's been a busy week. It has been a huge week. It has, yeah. So um, so yeah, it's just a little um, like ebook. You can download it from the website. I'll put some links into the show notes um, if anybody is interested. Nice. And it just gives you some um, basics, so some foundations for a healthy relationship. And then there's a little quiz, a little test that you can do and you add up your scores at the end and then just see where you are with your relationship. And it just has some advice and some words of guidance to help you no matter where you are. Oh, beautiful. And I have actually taken a sneak peek at the health yeah. check. I love it. I love how I don't feel judged at all when I'm going through it. Yeah. I feel really supported. So thanks for that. Oh, good. And I also found that the health, you know, it's funny. I think a lot of us will go into that health check and say, I don't know if there's something wrong. There's something off, but I don't know if there's something yeah. off. So I feel, and it's a really comprehensive questionnaire. And I feel that it just really breaks things down so that by the end of it, you can really objectively see whether there is something that's a bit off. Yeah. Just as you mentioned in sort of the wrap up on that questionnaire is, you know, which areas may be needing more attention or work. And it's really helpful. Yeah. Well, well, awareness is just so important, isn't it? To understand what's going on is not always that easy. So mm -hmm. I think that's the intention behind the guide really is just to try and break that down, make it accessible, easy to understand and just have a look at kind of where things are and 
my other half wants us to do a little check-in like that every month oh yes <laughs> he said yes I think we should do this every month nice <laughs> nice now your man is pretty special and I'll, I'll say that most folks may not have that kind of open communication maybe yeah. a work in progress when they ask their partner what's wrong they may get I don't know yeah or nothing's wrong and so that's really hard. And so this questionnaire helps you to take the power back and for you to look at your own relationship. A lot of yeah. us ask the other person for validation or guidance about how the relationship is going. And then we're not in our power because our, our partner may not be giving us those answers or the communication may be poor. So yeah. this health check actually helps us to really find the answers within yeah. and to reflect. Well, you have to take responsibility for yourself. Mm -hmm. I think we're really good at blaming other people for things. We're really good at saying, well, you haven't done this. You're not mm -hmm. giving me what I need. Mm -hmm. You're not the man I thought you were. <laughs> we're mm -hmm. really good at throwing all of that out. And in reality, what we need to do is just take a look at what we're doing or not doing and take a bit of responsibility and ownership. I completely agree. Yeah. And this questionnaire, to be clear, is very much geared for one person to go through it. Yeah. It's not something that you have to sit down your partner to do. It is something you can do right in the privacy of your own bedroom, bathroom, den, wherever. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So check it out. The link in the show notes. Yes, I will pop that in there. Nice. So yeah, it's been, been a successful week this week, I think. I feel quite positive about life. Yeah, life is good. Good for you. I'm sure it wasn't always easy, no. though I imagine you probably had to bust through some low energy moments. Very much so, yes, yeah. very much so. <laughs> what was your focus when you were kind of moving through those low energy moments? What were you thinking? Well, there's quite a lot of um, of internal pep talk, mm. so I had to give myself a pep talk just to get over some of the, well, get over myself at points in time mm. and um, yeah, just get moving with, with things and trying to keep focused on actually what I wanted to do, what I wanted mm. to achieve. But yeah, give myself a good a good talking to from time to time. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Good whipping. <laughs> a good whipping from behind. Oh, definitely. <laughs> good for you. <laughs> so in all this, I wonder if you had any time to scan the international oh, news. Oh, I did indeed. Anything going on in the world that we should know about <laughs> with respect to relationship? Well, this one isn't so much about your significant other but about friendships. Oh, so Professor Robin Dunbar has done a study into friendships and the effect of lockdown on friendships. Mm. And his findings say that actually a friendship could deteriorate in as little as three months without having that quality connection. So he said that a relationship is dependent, the health of a friendship is dependent on how much time you invest in that relationship and that has to be um you have to kind of see each other you have to have that actual connection and if you don't then he said extended oh. periods of time where you haven't got the connection then the relationship can quite easily just fizzle out and he said you know that can happen in as short a time as three months which is quite um quite a shocking time scale really it is because we're six months into this thing yeah that's actually really terrifying yeah. especially for the friendships where they were really dependent on in-person contact. Yeah. And then what was even more terrifying is that the biggest single factor affecting health, well-being, happiness, even down to how quickly you can recover from an operation, was the number of quality friendships you have. Mm. So it made me think a bit about friendships and 
I know during lockdown, I struggled a little bit in in the middle like I think in the beginning there was quite a lot of enthusiasm from people to Mm. connect in other ways so you know jumping on a video call or you know zoom facetime whatever there was quite an appetite to do that Mm. and people Mm. kind of rose to the challenge you know people Mm. setting up pub quizzes and from the comfort of the home and things like that Mm. but then as time goes on I think that changes and as we come out of lockdown slightly like I mean we're quite fortunate in Jersey that's not you look around you wouldn't actually know that there was anything going on mm. life is continuing as normal and people then start I've started to go back into the office and so things kind of changed a bit and I think it can be easy to lose those connections mm-hmm. no I think so too and you know it's actually I think a big issue here is the issue of going back to school. So I think what happened is, is an early lockdown, people just like you mentioned, were really excited about connecting virtually when everybody was at home. I'm really aware of the stress that a lot of parents are going through. And I think that that's really distracting them from most other things to worry about, you know, are my kids going back to school or not? If so, you know, what are the safety measures? There's politics. Schools haven't been really clear about what the plan is. So I, I have to say that I'm thinking of, millions and millions of parents who are just trying to keep the boat afloat uh really yeah and our schools go back this week in the channel islands in the uk a lot of the schools now that they're starting to go back some in europe have gone back a couple of weeks ago yeah so yeah there is there is definitely a lot of focus on just making sure that you know exactly what's happening because it is different it is and it's terrifying and so i Mm -hmm. I imagine that uh friendships are probably going by the wayside and are really feeling the stress. Yeah. And you know what's really hard, though, is that we're moving through this really difficult stage. And if this research holds up, which I believe intuitively, I feel that this is the case, is if you're not connecting with your friends and your friendships are dwindling, this is when we need this most. Yeah. So I think, you know, it's just a really lovely thing to share with people to have a bit of a think about how you've been doing in this area. Do you Mm. feel like you've lost connection? Do you feel like you're missing out? Do you want to Mm. invest more time, invest more energy? You know, it's the same with our romantic relationships, which we talk obviously all the time about on this podcast. Yeah. But it's the same thing with friends as well, isn't it? And it's how to Mm -hmm. make sure that you don't neglect those important relationships because in some cases you've spent quite a long time nurturing them and building that relationship and getting to a deeper place of vulnerability and understanding with the people who are in your life so don't Mm -hmm. you know don't neglect that don't let it go because it is super important too it is and you've reached a certain stage of vulnerability and they uh these are folks who probably accept a lot of the wacky and wonderful things that yeah. We are, and maybe have seen us at our worst. <laughs> maybe if, <laughs> if I may, a quick anecdote that is just coming up for me as I was in a, going into a bathroom in a restaurant in North Carolina, and I walk in and there were two girls in the stalls, and the one was saying, do you want me to hold your hair? And the other was like, oh, I think somebody's come in, and, you know, oh, I'm feeling really sick and stuff. And I thought, gosh, that's a great friendship. You know, those friendships that will hold your hair for you in the bathroom as you've yeah. had maybe one or five too many drinks. Those are friendships that, that they've seen you at your worst and yeah. those are really healthy to maintain. Yeah, that's definitely true. Yeah. Speaking about friendships, that you've just triggered something in my mind. Mm. I had a conversation with my daughter um, the other day about when she will eventually start going out out oh. at the minute she goes to a lot of house parties which hasn't been out out I think because of lockdown I think that's been quite a good thing for me mm-hmm, yeah but 
I said to her, you know, when you do, I said, you need to always stick together. Always mm. look after your mates. Don't lose, you know, you don't leave a man behind. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's always been my philosophy when I've gone for a night out. If somebody's not there, I'm like, right, where are they? Mm. And just, yeah, and if somebody's going home before everybody else, make sure that the, you know, somebody walks them to a taxi and you, you know, just make sure that people are are safe, look out for one Mm, another. And I just mm -hmm. feel like that's so important. And that's part of having a, a good friendship, isn't it? It's when you care about each other on a deeper level. And that actually reminds me of our last podcast when we were talking about safety. Mm. Gosh, what's wonderful is you came out of left field and you remind us that this podcast is actually not limited to intimate relationship, that the tools that we exercise in our intimate relationships are absolutely the same tools that we exercise in our friendships, which according to this research is, this research would tell us, I can't even speak now, gosh, (laughs) (laughs) it's a holiday hangover. That's going to get us into trouble for the rest of the show. I think so. There's so many words I could potentially slur over. (laughs) Well, this research, (laughs) um, which is not a slurred concept, has, yeah, just really taught us to remember that the relationships across the board in our lives are important. Probably no other time as important as now. And the same, the care, the attention, the little details that we give, the thinking of other people, the communication, these are so important. Yeah. Two or three friends are coming to my mind that I'm like, oh, I've got to go and reach out to them. Well, I'll be checking in with you later to make sure you have. (laughs) Keeping me accountable. (laughs) Always there. (laughs) (laughs) Nice, nice. Right. Are we ready to uh, move it along to the hot topic for this week? I believe we are. Let's go. Okay. So this week's hot topic is we're going to be talking about ego and when a situation exists where you feel like you always need to be right. You know, it's funny, Sarah, because I think you're being very sweet there, which is a single situation that comes up where you always need to be right. And I'm like, well, what about a constant state of being where I always need to be right? <laughs> well, my other oh. half will tell you I'm never wrong. <laughs> but I also like to think of myself as somebody that doesn't have a huge ego. <laughs> and I'm not sure the two things can go together in the same sentence. <laughs> Good for you. I feel like we are much as much patient as practitioner in this scenario because I have a huge ego and I <laughs> I don't even, I'm coming into this debate, which I think we picked this topic. I'm going to say that when we picked this topic, I said, I have no idea what the answer is. And I'd love to bounce this off because I don't know how to relax my ego and that need to be right. I, I've been, you know, working on it and so forth, but I'm really looking forward to insights. I'm so stubborn. <laughs> well, I'm very stubborn as well, hmm. but I do believe that I'm less stubborn now than I used to be. And now I really notice myself. I catch myself when I'm doing it. Hmm. And I kind of almost have this internal dialogue with myself to basically book my ideas up. Mm. And my other half does say that, you know, I am right. But that's generally because I am. <laughs> Sarah, do you think, do you think that there's, a, there's a, any problem there at all? <laughs> no, not at all. I'm totally comfortable with it. <laughs> okay. Assuming that's the truth, go, go ahead. <laughs> I, I can't help being right all the time. <laughs> oh my god this is hilarious okay go on go on I think in some of the more serious aspects I do believe that I'm that I am less stubborn than I used to be Mm. I think the whole stubbornness thing leads to you 
I think you prevent a lot of joy and happiness from coming in when you're in that place. Mm -hmm. And you think, why did I waste so much time Mm. being so stubborn? Why would I have done that? Because I feel like you just take a big chunk of your life Mm -hmm. and it's almost like you put the happiness and the joy on hold. And for what gain? What? Just to say that you were right? Mm -hmm. I don't know that that gets you anywhere. Yeah. So do you remember what the turning point was? Or if there was a single turning point? Yeah, there wasn't. There certainly hasn't been a single turning point. I think it's a process of almost little micro corrections in your life. Mm Mm-hmm when you realize that something's not bringing you joy or happiness it's about making a micro change Mm. and then you know all the time being like I like to think of being in a permanent state of growth like I used to always think oh that sounds a bit wanky when people say it (laughs) (laughs) and I still kind of think I sound a bit wanky but I do believe that is you know if we can continuously look at our own behavior our own patterns the cycles that we get into mm-hmm. and really check the ego then I think you'll be in a much happier place and you'll have a more prolonged period of satisfaction in your life that takes a lot of insight and I, I would say that it's a really hard place to get to is that level of insight And when we first started our podcast, one of the first priorities that you shared and actually helped to lighten a lot of my seriousness was let's have fun. Let's make sure that we laugh our asses off and let's not take ourselves too seriously. (laughs) And that's something that you constantly just nudge me. And I, I because I really like to take myself too seriously and have an entire (laughs) discourse without laughing a word. In fact, I remember I used to laugh a lot as a kid. And and then there was a period of time where I you know, I would, I would go months and I would reflect and say, gosh, I haven't laughed in months. Like a good belly laugh yeah. where you feel like you're going to snort milk through your nose or something like that. You know, those really good, <laughs> those really good laughs. You know, those ones that we, you know, in, in school, you used to get in a lot of trouble and the teacher would be like, don't you remember? Those just <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> I remember. You know, if you ever get into such a fit of giggles and laughter <laughs> yeah. that you can't stop oh, yeah, yeah. and your stomach oh is absolutely <laughs> killing. Like you feel like you've had a major workout yes. after it. done a hundred crunches. And sometimes you get to the point where you can't even remember what you were laughing about in the first place. Oh, yeah. And it's really contagious because then if, if one person starts it, the other person carries on and that's it and you can't get out of it. Oh, yeah. I love those. Oh, that's a beautiful feeling. You know... I wanted to kind of trace back why do I feel the need to be right, both in my intimate relationship as well as pretty much everywhere. And I needed to dig deep on this because mm. actually I'm kind of digging deep right now. It's kind of a coaching session, Ooh, but let's go there. Yeah, let's go. For me, I have to really understand where this comes from and to give myself that validation before I jump to make a change. Because yeah. if I don't give myself that space to say, Anna, no wonder you've been like this and that real yeah. kindness to myself. It's hard for me to make forward movement. So I would say when I was a kid, I was really the butt of a lot of jokes. Like I was really a weird kid and a lot of people, in fact, I would say I was very popular, but the way I connected with people is like, oh, Anna, she's just such a crazy person. She's like, oh, she's doing this again. And so I really connected with people allowing them to make fun of me. And I liked that because Mm -hmm. I would get attention. And that was kind of the, the equation. And as well as my dad in particular was very authoritarian and, you know, he Mm. was from the UK, uh, be seen and not heard sort of old school mentality. So kids are not people. They don't have views. They don't have authority. Yeah. So with all that in place, when I started to come out into my own and as an adult, and especially as I sort of proceeded in my education, went to med school and all that sort of stuff, I had this carry for this hangover of, I need to 
prove that I am a serious, smart individual because I don't actually think that I am because my whole childhood experience would tell me that I'm a real goofball and I'm kind of a good for nothing. So I've really carried this over even into my intimate relationship that somehow, weirdly, I feel like my husband will find me sexier if I'm right. I don't know what is going on. Or that flip side, he may not like me anymore if he finds out I'm stupid. So I think that's where it comes from. And I need to be able to relax to say, Anna, you're not the kid. You're now the adult. You've formed your own life. Yeah. You've made your own successes. And you, you can rest on that and now lighten up and stop taking yourself too seriously because no one can take the degrees from my hands and my successes. They're mine. Yeah. And even if I'm a total goofball and I'm laughing so hard, my belly muscles hurt and I'm totally making a fool of myself. No one can take away what I've achieved. And in my relationship too, is if I say, oh, Anna, that was a really bonehead move and my husband is totally right. He's not going to leave me because he thinks I'm stupid. Yeah. I think that whole admitting that you're not right or admitting that you've done something wrong is quite difficult. Oh, yeah. It's funny. I think that the floor is going to open up and I'm going to go into a trap door and go back to that environment. I think we all fear that we're going to go back to a particular environment in our childhood. I mean, obviously our childhood, that's kind of, that's often where a lot of our gremlins or our negative messaging comes from. Yeah. We really worry that somebody's going to take away what we've earned and just send us right back. Yeah. And I think there is a lot in that in terms of when we're younger and we really just crave attention and love and connection. And if we don't get it, Mm. and then we turn into a certain person, to get that attention so for you it was the quirky side of you coming out mm-hmm. to get the attention for me I would always want to do the things that I knew other people wanted to do ah because then they'd like me because I was doing what they wanted yeah but in doing that you're not identifying with who you are and what makes you happy like you've got no clue you turn into an adult then and you haven't got a clue what you like mm. because you've spent so long doing what everybody else wants and what they liked So I think it can kind of show up in lots of different ways. And, you know, maybe part of that need to be right is then, as you say, demonstrating that as a grown-up, you are a, you know, I am a grown-up and I do know what's right. But it's a really hard one to shift, I think. Yeah, and and funny, that feeling of just going along with with what... That's the holiday slur again. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, Anna, you can do it. (laughs) And I am feeling confident that this will not send me back to childhood. I can still, I can slur on my words and still be okay. (laughs) So thank you. You can. But I'm thinking that if you entered your marriage and you didn't have a sweet clue of what you wanted and you were going along with what somebody else wanted, that is a big recipe for problems. Well, eventually the real you is going to emerge Mm -hmm. and that's when you hit the frustration because actually what you've created and the persona that you've put out into the world isn't really you. Mm -hmm. So eventually you realize that this isn't creating happiness for me because this isn't who I am. I don't know who I am. And then you go on that journey of self-discovery and you find out who you are and you realize, shit, I'm in the wrong relationship now. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. It's true. And it's a devastating realization, but it's the truth. Yeah. You know, what's funny is I just had this image of you because one of your core values is fun. Yes. And you start to realize that wasn't being honored. You hadn't belly laughed in a long time. And I'm feeling like you had to chip, like you literally had to take a big hammer and just shatter this huge ceramic wall that you built around yourself to allow yourself to be free. Yeah, that's right. 
that is so cool. Get that hammer out and just pull in a china <laughs> shop and just get going on shattering the things that are not you and emerging like that lovely butterfly that comes out of the cocoon. Yeah. You see, I've got an image now of a big giant wrecking ball. Yes. I've always wanted to have a go at one of those. <laughs> Do you not think that yes. would be amazing? Oh my God. Just to smash something up to oblivion. Yes. And especially, you know, if it's an, maybe an old office building that yeah. is tired and it doesn't contain good memories and a lot of people are hoping it can be shattered to make way for a park or a beautiful new installation, yeah. allowing freedom and trees and life to emerge. Yeah, a new life, a happier life. Yeah. Mm. So the need to always be right, you need to take a wrecking ball to yourself a little bit. Like there's no yeah. kind way to really get at that ego. Yeah. I think one of the questions I'd ask is why is it so important mm. to be right? So if you take a specific situation and you, if you find yourself struggling with this and it's you kind of listen to this and you think, oh, yeah, that's definitely me. <laughs> yeah. I think, you know, the next time that it comes up for you, I would really look at that situation and say, why is it so important that I'm right in this situation? Why does it matter so much? And what would happen if I didn't need to be right? Mm. What would I do differently? I'd really ask those questions. I love that. And I love a visualization exercise to bring somebody through that instance with their partner. And I'm thinking about driving now because we were on a road trip and like, no, we have to go this way. No, 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 no. You're driving the car that way. And imagine <laughs> that you stick to your guns and you totally trample over your partner because somebody's going to get tired and fatigued and they're yeah. going to capitulate and say, yeah, you're, you're right. Right. So imagine that you just mm. railroad over your partner so that you get to the top of the mountain and you've got the right flag. And imagine how do you feel then? Honestly, in every single situation, I feel defeated, yeah. guilty, shameful. Yeah. I feel a distance from my partner because I know damn well they've just capitulated and just, just so that I would shut up. Yeah. And it doesn't feel good at all. Yeah. The flip side, if I were to say, okay, okay, let's try your route out. Even if my partner ends up being wrong, we actually still have a goofy laugh about it. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah, exactly. More laughs come out of being like, okay, all right, well, let's see what happens when we go your way. Yeah. And just not being attached to the outcome. Oh. Just see what happens. Just say, yeah, that's fine. Let's go your way. Yeah. What's the worst that can happen? You end up crossing a, a convenience store where you can get a good old soda, which is super bad for you, and chocolates <laughs> and, and hot dogs. And you say, wow, that was a really great detour. Anna's had a great time this week. Oh, my God. I said, you know, there were stops yesterday where I said, this is diabetes in five minutes. Like, <laughs> so bad. There is something about holidays, though, that you really do indulge, don't you? Oh, my gosh. You kind of, I was by the trashiest magazines when I'm going away. <laughs> like, yes. why? I would never read them oh at other gosh. times. Yeah. But no, when I'm going on holiday, trashy magazine, loads of... um. <laughs> Just rubbish to eat on the way, yes. crisps and uh, sweets. and Oh, yes. yes. You just, you do just indulge, don't you? And you know what Great. that is, actually, in the, in the theme of things, it's letting our inner child play. It's not taking yeah. ourselves too seriously. Yeah. So I would just say, as I, I have to put my, my serious doctor hat on, is if you're going mm. to eat trashy Dr. things. Dr. Rana's in the house. <laughs> I'm in the house again. <laughs> just make sure you're keeping active. I'm just going to say yeah. that because we don't want folks to feel worse coming off of holiday. So really, no. anyways, see, look at that. I'm taking myself too seriously and I feel like the need to be right. But in this case, I am right. <laughs> I love it. Balance that out with a bit of exercise on your holiday. 
even if that's exercise in the bedroom. Well, yeah. Oh, I'm always a big fan of that. <laughs> <laughs> My kids will tell you every time we come back from a family holiday, I announce on the airplane on the way back, right, we're going on a health kick when we back. <laughs> <laughs> now that is, that usually happens, yes. And they're like, you say that every time. I'm like, no, no, we definitely need to do this. We're doing this. Oh my gosh. Especially if you come from a place so, yeah. where you're like, I didn't know you could fry that. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. Yeah. Well, I always want to come home and just make a really nice, healthy salad. Oh my God, yes. Random. You know, it's funny. I found myself craving salad halfway through. Like, yeah. And just with the greens, like nothing else in it, just the darn greens. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Right, we've digressed again. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else we want to add then before we move along to the questions? What are any of the final parting words on always needing to be right? Funny enough, I feel like this was a miniature coaching session because I think I did get a bit of insight, <laughs> which I'm thankful for. If you think you may feel that need to be right, it is very, very common to have this really stubborn ego and to yeah. be stuck in this cycle where you're stuck with the outcome and stuck with this sort of need to prove yourself. I'm like that. I'm a work in progress. We all are. Yeah. Laugh and and stop taking yourself too seriously. Once you let that load down, your life becomes a hell of a lot easier. Yeah. That's my final insight. What are you thinking? Oh, beautiful. For me, taking that first step to notice when it comes up for you and to notice the impact of needing to be right. So how do you feel? I loved your description of getting to the top of the mountain and Mm. having trampled all over your husband. (laughs) I do feel for your husband, Anna. (laughs) Oh God, really, please do. (laughs) Poor guy. (laughs) (laughs) But how you you feel and noticing that actually it's not, you don't feel triumphant. Mm -mm. So I think that's that's the first step that I would say is the best place to start. Gosh, I agree. Okay, well, let's move it along then to the question of the week and our relationship remedies. Let's go. So this week's question, it's a good one. (laughs) I know. Should I have an affair to save my marriage? Gosh, I love this. This is Mm. so juicy. It is indeed. Because who hasn't thought about this? Oh. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be honest. Like when you hit a rough patch, I'm going to say none of us are angels. We all think about, I think when you get to a situation, when you are really stuck in a relationship or in your marriage, you're grasping at straws. You're looking at every potential yeah. option. So yeah. I'm going to say this is not an uncommon thing to think. So really juicy. Wait, yeah. To whomever is asking this question, I say thank you for bringing this up. The <laughs> elephant in the room. Oh, yes. Yes, indeed. I can see how it could potentially come up in a relationship. Mm. I think for me, it wouldn't be for me, but I can see how it can come up. I can see how maybe the relationship just gets a bit stagnant. Mm. It's interesting, actually, I was reading something just the other day where somebody had written in and said they had been in a relationship that was sexless Mm. and they didn't really fancy their partner and they'd bumped into an old flame and that really got all their juices Mm. flowing and they were kind of on the cusp of thinking about having an affair because they just weren't happy with what they had at home. So I can Mm -hmm. see how it can come up, uh, especially if the intimacy has died down or if you're constantly rowing or arguing and you just don't feel happy at home. I can understand why you might want to, you know, have a bit of space in your life. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that the where there's this discordant desire, which is something that I'm really interested Mm. in, which is so, so common where 
And it can fluctuate over the course of a relationship where one partner doesn't have the libido or the desire for sex or intimacy as the other person does, which brings up a lot of conflict, usually silent conflict. Most folks in this situation are not communicating openly. No. It's kind of goes part and parcel. It's usually silence. There's usually this stonewalling where one person's like, well, what's wrong? What's wrong? And the other person says, nothing's wrong. I don't know. But it's a difficult thing to talk about, isn't it? Because there's a lot of shame, there's a lot of guilt, frustration, anger, Mm -hmm. all of those emotions then start to play out. And especially if, you know, you might not want to admit to your other half that you don't fancy them. That's quite a, it's a tough thing to say to somebody, isn't it? Oh my gosh. Oh, that hit. Yes, it's true. You know, how do you say that to somebody without hurting their feelings? Gosh, yes. And so you may be inclined or one partner may be inclined to just go off and have intimacy with somebody else to keep the peace. I think that there's the impression that you can kind of go off into this little quiet, discreet corner and have sex with somebody (laughs) else and for it to somehow fuel or save your relationship. And of course, like we always want to do, avoid confrontation, conflict and conversation. Yeah. We love things that are a workaround to actually talking to each other. Well, yeah, quick fix. Yeah. Don't have to take responsibility. I don't have to put myself out there. Blow off some steam yet without having a single conversation with our partner. And I mean, it's and it's not that we're lazy. I think a lot of us have tried to have conversations. I think we've been beating our heads up against the wall saying, what's wrong? Can you talk to me? Can you tell me what's going on? And you don't get much of anything from the partner, probably because of the shame that you mention. Yeah. Or you don't know how to have the conversation. So instead, you just ignore it. Yeah, yeah. Because burying your head always works doesn't it (laughs) that good old technique well as we've talked about it can sometimes work for a short fix yeah but it will always come and bite you in the ass yeah definitely Mm -hmm. and going back to what you were saying there about the feeling like you can just go off and have a relationship with somebody and have a bit of a fling and and then that's somehow you're going to come back into a marriage and everything's going to be hunky-dory I think we forget about the fact that then actually you get a whole new set of feelings of guilt Mm -hmm. and emotion that then arises because you know that you've done something that isn't right. You're not showing respect for your partner and the grass isn't always greener. So, Mm -hmm. you know, sometimes you have to focus on watering your own garden before you try and jump into somebody else's. I'm going to agree with what you said there in terms of For many folks in the sort of the traditional concept is that it is not actually right to have Mm -hmm. an affair. I want to kind of bring it into a space for folks who actually don't have any ethical or moral issues about maybe even folks who are in polyamorous relationships, although polyamory is something that you should always go into with great amount of intention and communication. So again, don't consider yourself to sort of just jump into an open relationship because that's not going to fix things either, as polyamorous folks would tell you. But for folks who don't have any moral issues necessarily, I I would say it's exhausting and complicated to have an affair with somebody or to have sex with somebody else, because generally you're going to start to have emotional attachments to this other person. And you may start to have to kind of juggle and balance these two worlds. And it's it's exhausting to have to be censoring your phone messages coming in from one person and being worried about your partner actually finding messages. You know, how do you attend? How do you find time for two of these things? Very wise people have told me like, 
I can't have an affair because I just don't have the energy to have somebody else in my <laughs> life that I have to manage, right? So yeah. unless it's a very, very unusual ex- uh, situation where it really is just sex, where there is no emotional attachment, a lot of folks would find this just exhausting and the house of cards will crumble eventually. Folks yeah. will find out. You live in Jersey, which is a smaller place. It's a little harder to have a discreet affair. Well, you say that. (laughs) Okay, okay. (laughs) But I've heard that actually it's one of the worst places. And there are far more people having affairs than you would ever think possible. I wouldn't have the energy. (laughs) um, Exactly. (laughs) I also think, like, I would just get caught. Oh, God, um, me too. The guilt would be written all over my face. Yes. So, yeah, I, I can't understand how it's possible, but I do hear that there's quite a high level of infidelity in the island. Really? Mm. I don't know how secrets are kept. I don't know. In New York City, you can find out whether somebody's having an mm. affair. Like, the, the world is really small sometimes. Yeah. It's amazing how networks overlap. Yeah. And I don't know, it may or may not be true. It might be one of those kind of urban myths. Who knows? Yeah. Um, there's always a bit of truth behind a myth. Well, yeah, yeah, they do say that. <laughs> <laughs> but I think in the interest of being non-judgmental, so I'm trying to take myself out of what I would do mm. and I'm trying to think of it in a kind of balanced situation. I think if you are contemplating this, I would say to really just pause, think about the reasons why you're doing it, think if there are any other options mm. and then you know, if you do decide to go ahead and go down that route, then obviously practice safe sex. Of course. <laughs> I yes. feel like we need to get that one in there, Anna. Absolutely. And and visit the health clinic like you mentioned. Yes. Yeah. But yeah, I would really just check in with yourself first before you start anything and just really question why, what's the reason, what's the intention behind it, what are you expecting to happen and what other outcomes might happen as a result of that and really just search and explore it first, I think. Yeah, I agree with that. And I think that the phrasing of this question actually tells us a lot, which is, Mm. should I have an affair if the question just stops, like, should I have an affair? I want to blow off some steam. I'm just like, I'm sick of this. I just want to shag somebody else or other people, plural. Okay, fine. So that, that is your aim. There may be, there's excitement or uh, sort of a new experience that you're looking for. But the question asks, should I have an affair to save my marriage? Mm. And I can tell that this person actually wants, is desperate for solutions for this relationship. Yeah. And so I'm getting the sense that they're not actually wanting to go out and shag other people, but yeah. they're so frustrated and desperate. They're just trying to find an outlet for their frustration so that they can kind of keep an even keel to try to kind of keep going in their relationship. So I think that the, the phrasing tells us what this person's priorities are. Yeah. We maintain a judgment-free zone is that if you want to have an extramarital affair, again, safety nets, be safe, condoms, all that good stuff. Yeah. But if you want to save your marriage, that is probably 5,000% not going to save your marriage. Yeah, I think you've hit the nail on the head there. It is, you know, if we really look at the question, it is in those last few words, isn't it? If you want Mm. to save your marriage, then that's unlikely to be the thing that's going to save it. In which case, maybe look at the things that you've tried already and really look hard. I think we often tell ourselves, oh, yeah, I've tried really, really hard to save my relationship. Mm-hmm. There's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with me, going back to ego. Um, oh, yes. <laughs> but if you really challenge yourself to say, what have I done so far? And what am I prepared to do? Mm. 
I love that very much. And I think I want to speak specifically to the people who are thinking about having an affair mm. because they are they have lost intimacy in their relationship. There is discordant desire. They've tried to bring it up and they don't know where to turn. And the question is, is what haven't you tried? And I would say in this case, I'm going to say relationship coaching or therapy Yeah, because it can be really interesting to go through the process of coaching or therapy to really look at yourself in this relationship yeah. and your own, your desire, your needs, what is not being filled, the cup yeah. that is empty or that you perceive to be left empty that you're trying to fill by any means possible. The outcome that you can always count on is by doing the work, you're going to get into a more powerful, more contented spot. Yeah. How do you move forward powerfully in this one small little life that we have, which isn't very long? Yeah, very well said. Mm -hmm. So hopefully that helps our listener who's contemplating an affair or not. Yeah, an affair or not. Mm. We support you. We do. <laughs> oh, man. Oh. I just feel like I've had such a good laugh and such a good... This has been so reflective. It's been a wonderful time coming out of this holiday experience and getting my brain back into beautiful thoughts about potential and opportunity in relationship. Yeah. Well, I can definitely tell that you've benefited from your holiday. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like I've gotten a bit of free coaching from you today, actually. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm always there for you. <laughs> <laughs> I feel it like a good supportive bra. <laughs> That's what I say about my friends and my partners. Like, you are so supportive right now. I just feel like I'm in the most comfortable bra ever. Because <laughs> there ain't nothing like a good supportive bra. <laughs> uh, you see, I think there's nothing better than taking your bra off at the end of the day. Oh, okay, okay. All right. I get it. Yes, absolutely. Aha. Uh -huh. Okay. I think that's for a future podcast, actually, because that's where we differ. Remember the celebrity death match? We were looking for something we differed on. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. Is this it? Yeah. I find bras really support. Like, I, they are my comfort, and I feel like it's the opposite for you. So I think we should go head to head on this one. Oh, right. Okay. You're on. <laughs> <laughs> to be or not to be the bra. Yeah. Nice. Well, I should look forward to that. Yeah. It'll get dirty. <laughs> what was that about not taking ourselves too seriously? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but then um, I think the ego is definitely going to come out to play. <laughs> oh my gosh. Actually, that's true. That's true because I am right. <laughs> uh, no, I think not. <laughs> and there's one other person, your man, who says that you're, not, that you're right. So it's two against one. <laughs> my man is like, you're definitely not right. <laughs> 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 oh. Oh, well thank you for spending time this week i've really enjoyed our podcast i've been looking forward to coming back to our beautiful space oh me too i was looking forward mm -hmm. to having you back mm -hmm. yeah no it's been good some very good vibe very good energy today so thank you for bringing that absolutely so till next time i hope you have a great week thank you you too be safe and not too naughty a little naughty well yeah a little bit <laughs> So that's it for another week of Geordie Lass and Doc Sass. We hope you've enjoyed listening as much as we've enjoyed chatting. Get in touch and share your questions for relationship remedies and any hot topics you want us to cover. If you need help navigating all things relationships, Anna and Sarah are available for one-on-one -on -one coaching support. Email info at geordielass.com. Please remember to like, share, subscribe if you've enjoyed listening. And if you've not, how on earth have you made it this far? 
promise we'll try harder next time.